0: Where we started, now we onto something new. Let me introduce you to some of the fresh crew. Hollywood Jack, yet yeah, a leader of the pack. Corey, iron man, ramby coming in stacked. Robin with the Y, chilling in the nest. Holding down the crew, can't forget the rest. Queen and Queens carrying, yet she taking no mess. Bring your A-game, cause it ain't none less. Paco last is handin' you yeah, you know how it goes. Rounding out the best, JV to the pros. And we are back with Season 3, Episode 37 of the nominee for the front runner of Best Local Podcast in San Diego, JV to the Pros. I'm Jack Vecchio, and thank you very much for the applause. But it wouldn't be anything without my partner, Corey, the Iron Man of Broadcasting Ramsey, who has risen this show to the spot of the stratosphere. And we are waiting for the results of the San Diego vote for the best local podcast, which should be coming up in the next couple of weeks. But we are definitely the front runners as it stands now. Corey, how are you, my man?
1: All right, at your boy. <laughs> hey. and, all, and the other thing I have to say is Mr. DeMille. I'm ready for my close-up. <laughs> as soon as I
0: bring you on a set, I'm gonna have trouble getting you away from the front of the camera. <laughs> oh no. I don't wanna break the trust me, I don't wanna break the camera. No, no, we are gonna get you we're gonna get you on the oh, set with the goodness. show. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna be scaring um, people. And 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 I'm not gonna get into I'm not gonna get into uh, a lot of details, but um I'm gonna say something before we uh announce our trusty, loyal, talented, genius engineer. But um you know, a lot of us have, have good friends. A lot of us have great friends. A lot of us have friends for life and those come few and far between, but I'm not going to get into any details or anything, but once in a while, circumstances and coincidence occur in which something happens and you really find out the depth of your friendship and your relationship with someone. And I want to say, Corey, Corey, you know, I've always considered you to be a great friend, a great friend for life, and I've always said you are, you are family, no doubt. But I'll tell you what the the what transpired this week, and I'm not going to get into the details. But what transpired this week, are you actually had my back and were supportive in a way that I think most family members don't experience with other family members. So my brother, I thank you so very much for being there for me this week, and I appreciate you tremendously. So that said, you are officially Italian now. (laughs) <laughs> Let's introduce the, the inner workings of the show, the man that puts together the editing, the man that puts together the sound bites, the man that does all the work to make sure this show comes across as polished, and probably a big part of the reason, we are waiting for the results to find out if we are the best local podcast in San Diego, and, the last man standing. And the man, man who
1: just took my manicotti and my <laughs> My manicotti,
0: and we're going to get him some gabagoo. Paco. The last man standing.
2: I'd like to thank the Academy.
0: Okay. <laughs> <a little> <laughs> <laughs> he goes and does. So they <laughs> off the rails
1: just that, just that quickly. If we, if we win this thing, don't let him step up to the podium. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, and let me say something quickly. When you said uh, Italian, you know, that I'm officially Italian. Let me tell you that I grew up in an Italian Catholic neighborhood. And so many of my close friends even to this day from the east coast are italian and i do have a real affinity for the italian culture i've spent a lot of time as a kid in italian households eating you know learning what they do the respect some of the other things and look i i I won't lie about it i had to earn the respect i had to fight a lot of italians in the neighborhood I
0: <laughs> there is a pecking order in the italian it, family it just... and i don't know how many people experience this because i always thought this was normal but um you start out in life at the kids table when the families yes. get together and i always thought that was pretty normal and i didn't know when you're invited. Like, I didn't know when that transition happens when you get invited. I think it's around 12 or 13 or 14 where they think you can hang with the conversation or at least know enough to listen.
1: I've actually seen that. Yeah. And, and, and up. yeah.
0: And the kids stay at one table yes. and they, they aspire to someday sit with the big people. But meanwhile, the big people are talking about politics and they're talking about good and bad stuff in the world and their jobs and their you know relationships and stuff. While the kids are sitting there like, you know, flicking each other's mm-hmm. ears and stuff. But some, Something happens where it's like, it's yeah. like a, a coming of age where all of a sudden your plate is at the big table. Oh, yeah. And that's such a, such a thrill.
1: <laughs> well, you know what I like to, and again, I'll, I'll just say this and then we'll, we'll move on. But what I like is um, dealing with, or like, all the Italians that I grew up with was, you know, going to the same school, going to the same church, Cub Scouts. Like, my mother was a den mother, so taking care of their kids me going over there to their house, like it was just, we were just completely embraced. And I can tell you in that little culture, it wasn't like about race. It was just about, this is new guy on the neighborhood and he's got to earn his bones. You know, it's, it's interesting when you're in
0: elementary school, back East, especially in the Northeast, um, people are immediately screening the personalities and characters of other kids you're in school with to find out. I mean, the expression is a friend will help you move. A good friend will help you move a body. I mean, you're trying to find out who, in case you get in trouble, has your back. Who can be your alibi? Mm -hmm. And, and it's interesting that kids anticipate the fact that there's going to be a problem and I'm going to need to be able to turn to somebody and say, yeah, I was with him and I can prove it. Ask him. Well,
1: nobody liked (laughs) us when we first moved in. I got, I have to tell you, we were not liked when we first moved in. It was new to everybody having darker skinned people come into the,
0: oh, you weren't liked because you were, because you were black
1: and because we were new.
0: Well, was new, new, new is one thing because there, people yes. are, people are antsy about new people, but, but
1: I, I, I mean, once they realized that we were there to stay, right? that we went to the school, that we're Catholic, then that was it. And you're then, polite and intelligent and people, then, but then everything stopped Yeah, and then it was fine. And then I'm in their house and everything. And then it all stopped. And these people that I'm referring to, I am friends with to this day. Uh, to I'll tell you, I'll tell you day. something interesting today. Producer Karen and I
0: went to, on a day date, a day date, Mm -hmm. and we went to a movie. And, you know, nobody's going to the movies, right? Because of the whole COVID threat and everything else. But we went and saw The Many Saints of Newark. I saw it. You saw it? Yes. Okay, so I'm watching the the movie. You saw it too? Yeah. Oh, okay, this is fantastic. I'm watching the movie... And it's a basically a prequel of The Sopranos. Right. So I'm watching the kid who plays the young Tony Soprano. And I'm leaning over and I'm whispering to producer Karen. I said, I said, I'll tell you what. This kid is doing it. He has the idiosyncrasies. He has the mannerisms. He seems to know the look. This is incredible how they found this kid. So I waited to watch the credits. I didn't realize it was Jimmy it's, Gandolfini's it's son. son. <laughs> yeah. They did a good job with everybody. But you have to looked. know you have to be furnished with all of the sopranos because the there's so many yeah, yeah because everybody coming in the you have to know all the characters that were on the show yes. so you got to know the sopranos tv show sure. hbo show pretty well before you watch this because there would be so many moving there was another couple we was just us and another couple in the whole theater and they were questioning each other Who's was, was that? Do you remember seeing it? I don't. Who does, I mean, I'm going to tell you. I I'm going to tell
1: you this though. You realize you
0: could have watched it from the comfort of your own home. I, you know what? We we knew it was on HBO Max, and oh. we we wanted to go to a theater. We okay. hadn't been to a theater in 19 okay. months, and we thought it'd be fun to get some popcorn, grab a drink, you know, and just kind of sit, you know, snuggled up and watch this. And I wanted to see this movie on the big screen because I'm I, I respect David Chase so much. Part of the fun of watching um, the Many Saints of Newark is as you're watching it, it's something you're familiar with, and then you're trying to put the pieces together. Early as the show came together on HBO, so as people are, are entering, you're trying to guess. Oh, wait a second, because he kind of looks like that. He kind of looks like she. Kind of looks like this. He kind of looks. And I thought it was really interesting that some of the characters, some of the actors from The Sopranos, are actually playing advanced characters yes. because they've aged. Right. They're playing advanced characters in the prequel. Exactly. I'm not going to say who's who, but I'm watching it and at one point producer Karen nudges me and she said, "Is that is that her?" And I looked and I looked and I said, "Oh my gosh, yeah. it is. Oh my gosh, I missed it." So, it's a fun it's a fun movie to watch but uh, um now let me ask you. You you said that um there's a movie you're t- talking about and I, and I thought it was probably something animated, but it's not. Negatory. Negatory. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw my hat in. I'll give you Paco, one guess. You have a,
2: what? Okay. I got it. Let, let me guess. One guess. Let me uh, Guess. Oh, well, here's no, the password. Uh, is it Spice? No. Spice?
0: What no. is what is that, Spice? What is it's, that? It's not
2: what I thought is
3: it this a, Is this a
0: Spice Girls thing? No. no. Okay. What, the what? movie that I, I <laughs> plan on seeing is James Bond. Oh, oh no! Time oh, to die! Oh no! Time to, with um, uh, the guy who played uh, Craig, Freddie Mercury. Craig. His last one. Yeah, but he played the guy who played uh, Freddie Mercury in in he, the, Human the Rhapsody, in that, yes. right? Yeah, and and you know this whole thing was uh, February 2020, and I I think that one of the funniest uh, moments of the premiere because um, I was actually up in L.A. when that was premiering, and I thought it was funny that um, Daniel Craig, James Bond, mm-hmm. was trying to take a selfie with um, Freddie Mercury, the the villain. What's his name? Remy Malek. Remy Remy Malek. And he was trying to take a selfie and couldn't figure out what button to push and which way to point the
1: phone. (laughs) And he's James Bond. (laughs) I can relate to that, bro. He couldn't take a selfie. He's Daniel Daniel Craig. And so it's Daniel Craig's last Bond, so he's stepping away. At nearly 70. No, at uh, 54, I believe he is. Oh, he's only 54? Um, That's it. He, uh, he oh, was wow. the youngest, well, not the youngest, but he started out I thought he was eight. much older. No. Oh, wow. So that kind of begs the question. You know how much he got for this one? No, I don't really care. He got
0: 50 take-home after taxes. Wow. Yeah. I do care
1: about that. They got 50 million. Take-home. So that begs the question, should James Bond retire? Because there's, I'm hearing all kinds of chatter. I even read this article that labeled James Bond a rapist and so james and bond james bond the character of the... course there's no real james bond <laughs> oh don't don't, don't ruin it for there's me there's only the character <laughs> spoiler alert only
0: the character. so they're saying that james bond comes across as a rapist <laughs> so in this character
1: yeah and so there's just a lot of articles saying it. it's just it's a dated character you know they're should, considering yeah. a, a female for that role well not so much a female for James Bond, but a female 007. Right, it's a female, uh, a female double 007. agent or whatever. Yeah. And so one of the um, solutions that people were kicking around uh, is maybe you just do a rotating thing. Well, 007, you have like a different 007 each movie. Sometimes a woman. Sometimes maybe you can put a black man. You in see, it. I don't think that works because
0: you know, I think that I think that when people become invested in um, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, people become invested in the character. They they actually start following the actor associated with the character. Daniel Craig has done what? He's done seven or eight, nine of these. No. I know that I went to the premiere of the fiftieth anniversary of Bond, uh, Skyfall, and um, oh my gosh, I went with uh, my my big brother Bob, and um, we were both tremendously disappointed. What? Tremendously. How so? I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, There was there was so many there was so many logistics issues. Just just to put it in perspective, there's the the one scene in the house where the whole thing is full of fumes, and then it ignites. Except for the cubby hole where Bond is hiding behind the wall. Right. That area doesn't
1: go on fire. Well, it's all about. (laughs) Well, look. I mean, I I won't get into that as far as uh, I mean. That just I was the believability. Yeah. Because none of it is uh, believable. Um,
0: I'll tell you I, what, I, you know, in Skyfall, when they did the wide shot uh-huh. of the house out on the prairie all by itself, Bob leaned over to me and goes, yeah, that house is gone.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, my favorite, I mean, my favorite Daniel Craig was Casino Royale. I really like, And I haven't seen that one. Okay, I would recommend, I think it's the best. People say Skyfall. Well, you, you, it takes a Skyfall a good recommendation. Favorite, you know? Skyfall is your favorite? Yes,
2: it is. Yeah. Oh,
1: my. And Going back to the question at hand is what to do with bond himself i tend to agree with what you're saying that i think that people are invested in james bond yeah i think that they have modernized him so i don't know why people are still upset about the character because daniel craig's character is not a womanizer he's not brutalizing women certainly not the way sean connery was or roger moore roger moore's pushing himself on women well if you go back and look at uh, Goldfinger, which, yeah, is widely, which is widely considered the best of arguably the, the best, best maybe Bond. the best yeah, Bond right. movie, and everything. What he did with Miss Galore, yeah, was certainly not appropriate. Oh, no, oh, uh, I mean, it would it would not make it past editing um,
0: this this day and age. No way.
1: And you're also and you're also talking to someone who has read every single uh, James Bond novel written by Ian Fleming. Boy, you're so into that reading. Yeah. I've read them. Uh, I've read them all. Now, here's what I will say about the novels. One, they're written in the 1950s and 1960s. So is there going to be some dated things in there? You betcha. There are some things that James Bond said about women. Not so much. Not good. Not Well, I mean, Sean Connery said things toward the end of his life
0: that um, I don't think was attributed to old age or any sort of dementia or right, anything because he like said that cuz he said so. it he said it in the 80s yeah. way before death so i i think that he, he did feel this way
1: well i well i don't want to i don't want to associate don't don't sidetrack that yeah you know? i don't want to i don't want to character the character written right.
0: on screen was absolutely inappropriate in the eyes of 2020 2021.
1: Well, even in 2006, they modernized But you know what? Look, I'll go back to when Timothy Dalton took over in 1980. When when he took over in 1987. Worst Bond ever. Guess what? Guess what? He was generally a one-woman man. If you go from Timothy Dalton on, generally, they had one, Bond had one, maybe two women in all those movies. Yeah, but but Timothy Dalton did not come across
0: as as a even really desirable bond.
1: Well, I mean, that's not the issue in the novels. Look, in the novels, Bond is not
0: They wanted Pierce Brosnan handsome? back then when they were, hired Dalton. Right, and, but my know? point
1: my point is that Bond in the novels, Ian Fleming's vision for him, he was not considered a handsome man. He was rugged. He had a scar on his face. Right. And so he was a little bit different. He was not this, like, suave, smooth that they made Sean Connery into. So, I mean, right. really, when I watch these shows, uh, these movies, none of them really fit Bond. The one, the closest, the closest uh, Bond to the movie Bond, the closest movie Bond to the novel Bond was On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yes, George yeah. Lazenby. right. That completely followed right. the novel. And, and George, George made the mistake
0: that I've made on many sets is offending the producers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but the question is, what do you think? Do you think it's time to retire? Uh, here's, here's the thing,
0: okay? I mean, and when you start hanging around the sets, you're going to understand that everybody on the set views everything with a dollars and cents sign in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And if they sit there and think, okay, why would we end this guaranteed cash cow? Why would we even if even if they put out the worst piece of crap, James Bond, people are going to go see it? We'll make a profit no matter what because James Bond has this you know this momentum, and frankly, it would take five or seven really bad bond movies, and the other thing is people love the fact that um the, the James Bond movies usually start out with five or 10 minutes of action and chase and everything before they even do the opening credits mm-hmm. and that gets your blood pumping and they've got you hooked for the rest of the movie and logistics. And the other thing that bothers me about James Bond movies, I don't know if it bothers you is during car chase scenes, time and space seems to be suspended.
1: Well, that's all movies.
0: But I mean, it's I not even mean, all movies. James Bond yeah, movies much are are, movies. are notorious for losing track of continuity okay, where cars I, I don't want yeah, Nobody you're, you're, seems to be bo- what I'm saying is nobody seems to be bothered yeah, by but that. But you can throw in a 1000 movies like that. That's that's beyond. Yeah, the no,
2: Jack I mean but, but, it, yeah, it, but it, doesn't, it it doesn't matter. But the James I, I Bond
0: franchise like is pretty much the apex of of sequels. Well, it's called
2: it's called
1: escapism. And to wrap this up, I don't think Bond is going anywhere. And for all of people's bellyaching about the James Bond franchise, it's controlled by a woman.
2: Yeah, I know. Barbara Broccoli. <laughs> right. So, you know. Broccoli. Yes, no, I thought it was broccoli. No, it's broccoli. Broccoli? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like Spicoli.
1: I've been thinking about this, Mr. Hand. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: but uh, this conversation. This is an old one actually. Even as early as uh when Timothy Dalton stepped away. Originally he was going to continue. Stepped away. His
0: contract was up in Pierce. No,
2: no, 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 wait. No. Yeah, that's actually, not true. That's yeah. not true. Yeah, he not was true. contracted for at least another 2. Right. But then the the franchise went on hiatus because I think uh Living Daylights was his last one, right? No. Or no, what? No, no,
1: no. Uh Living Daylights was his first one.
2: So what was the
0: second one he was First in? one was Living Daylights, really Unliving Daylights.
2: That's not what I'm asking. What's <laughs> I don't remember. The I'm grabbing the straws here. My point, point is this. Is- At that point in history, the Cold War ended. The Soviet Union collapsed. James Bond has always been synonymous with espionage. And that was what, you know, that, that that conflict, you know, dominated the background of the movies. So people thought, like, maybe we should just end it there. But no, they figured out a way to continue on. Of course they figured out a way because there's money to be made. Of had. course. But even in the movie in GoldenEye, the first one with Pierce Brosnan, they brought this up even in the dialogue. A bean counter more interested in my numbers and your instincts. The thought had occurred to me. Good. Because I think you're a sexist,
0: misogynist dinosaur. A relic of the Cold War. Yeah, but if they could afford to set aside 50 million before they put pen to paper just for Daniel Craig. That means this thing is probably guaranteed a half a billion dollars. Yeah, it's not I got to figure this franchise has made somewhere between 20 and 30 billion dollars.
1: You just keep you just keep milking it. And here's of here's course. what I say to people that want to take James Bond and make him something else. I say this to blacks. I say this to women. Create your own character. And go from there and make it good. Like, in other words, I, I've never been a fan of taking an iconic figure and saying, okay, you know what? Now I want to make this iconic figure a woman. Or I want to take a woman and make it a man. So, in other words, does anybody want to see um, Wonder Woman as a man? Does of course anybody not. Of course that? not. Okay, but that's, the re- that's how I look at taking James Bond. And I'm like, why are we saying all this? Let's just keep it, how it just keep it how it is. Just they're trying. They're, try, they're trying to figure out a
0: way to to bait the hook with a little twist or something. But what they got to do is, you know, if they get themselves another Roger Moore or somebody like that. To me, Roger Moore, best James Bond of them all,
1: okay. is Roger
0: Moore. But, Topic but, for but, another day, but right, okay. but, but I, I don't think changing the gender. Changing the skin color. I don't think changing the formula that has worked is the answer. I think if you want to do that, go in another direction. I yeah.
1: agree with I you. I mean, on it's, that. Been uh, it's been updated. It's been updated. Why not take the franchise of Honey West, which was on television, uh, and she played a spy um, by the great, uh, late great Anne Francis. Take that franchise and make it something special. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, sure, I'm all for it. Yeah. We have Idris Elba who's taken the Luther franchise and he's making a movie. There's going to be a Luther movie and and I wouldn't I wouldn't watch anybody else as Luther than Idris Elba. As far as the James Bond thing, first of all, I'm sorry, but you know, too
0: bad. He's got to be this elegant, refined, dignified well, I don't agree. English guy. Well,
1: I don't agree about refined and dignified.
0: Well, I, because I he, the guy it. always had this English kind of royalty that, about him. No, that's not Daniel I'm Craig.
1: You're 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 stuck in Sean Connery.
2: I'm stuck no, in Roger Sean Moore. Sean Connery was I mean, he was Scotsman all the way. I wouldn't say Englishman, you know. But he
1: played English. Right, he played it as English. But my point is is that that hasn't been around in a long time. That has not been around. That is not Daniel Craig. And Daniel Craig uh, popularity has soared. Since oh, he has been yeah, and
0: I, and I think, I think and my so, favorite line of all of James, uh, Daniel Craig's um, versions of James Bond was when he ordered his drink and the waiter said, shaken or stirred? Do I look like I give a damn? Yeah. And I thought, wow. You'd never think James Bond would have said he doesn't
1: care because it was always
0: shaking nuts, <laughs> dude. All
1: right. So it looks like we're in agreement on, uh, yes, very much so. on that with uh, Mr. Bond. I will be going to see that next, uh, um, actually, in a few days. And then I will let when, you know. When are you going? Uh, I may go on Friday. I oh go on Friday. Okay. So I will let you guys know. Uh,
0: I was going to say maybe uh, we could uh, all go together but I, I can't make yeah. it Friday. All
1: right. I'll let you guys but, know about what I'll try what to I see it before we
0: it. meet again for the show. Right. Um you want to take a little so, break and then we'll uh we'll get back on and we'll we'll change subjects. What do you say, Paco? Yeah. Okay, JV to the Pros, season 3 episode 37 taking a break and we'll be back in 2 guys. So I was checking into Barnon1.com and seeing all that they offer. Barnon1.com. The they have certified and qualified professional bartenders and servers that make party guests feel like they're living the high life. Barnon can be contacted at 619-952-9414 and that will be the first step getting your event on track bar None will help you prepare the kind of event that is greater than you imagined they've done this for years and they know what they're doing so they can answer your questions and guide you to a successful and memorable event call Barnon at 619-952- 9414 and let them handle these details so that your guests have a great time with a professional server who knows how to take care of their guests. Now, they know how to make your guests feel like they're going to have a great time in part because the work that Bar None does for an event is unparalleled. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and get the process started for your next event with Bar None. Tell them JV that a pros sent you.
1: If the audience
0: ever knew what goes
1: on Lordy between Lordy. breaks,
0: this is JV to the Pros, Season 3, Episode 37, and we are we are back. Yeah, sorry, back. we can't share with you what went on during the break, but it was pretty hilarious. So, Corey, let's shift gears, and we'll get away from Bond, and we'll move on to...
1: Well, the Marine officer, Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller... That marine officer who rose to fame for a viral video demanding accountability from military leaders for the failures in Afghanistan. What he's saying now is he wants to—he's hoping to strike a legal deal to avoid trial and leave the service with an honorable discharge. This up, this upcoming, but yet unscheduled hearing is going to consider whatever charges of contempt towards officials willfully disobeying a superior commissioned officer, failure to obey lawful general orders or conduct, or conduct unbecoming, uh, and a gentleman should be recommended to his commander for action. That's what uh, Marine officials say. My opinion on all this, let the man go out. That's let your opinion out. on this? Yes, okay. my opinion yeah. is let the man See, go out. See, it's funny
0: because I would have guessed you and I would have been on opposite sides of the coin on this because I, I think... Personality-wise, I would have probably been like, oh, you know what? Just give him what he wants and let him go. But that's not the way I feel. I feel like the the military, and tell me if I'm wrong, there are rules. And when you break those rules or you you speak at a turn or you step on toes, yeah, your career is going to suffer. I mean, you know, I've got friends that were in the military and for much less got dishonorably discharged.
1: Agreed. Agreed however there are extenuating circumstances and not everybody and those of us who have been in the field know that you don't always follow orders well also from commissioned officers this
0: withdrawal from afghanistan was so stunning so yes.
2: incompetently handled
0: yeah i think badly 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 handled and i think it has screwed with a lot of guys heads who were there thinking they were fighting for a cause. And then all of a sudden there's a trap door they didn't know about. And everybody
1: just gets dropped out and it's time to leave. Now, what he should not have done is maybe uh, post a video of himself. Now that's where I disagree. You don't do that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, you can make, you can protest through channels. Now
0: are there, let me ask you because I, I've never served, but you have in, in a high capacity. So are there rules about publicizing, your thoughts
1: against 100 percent and i still follow him to this day that's why if you notice i don't say oh there there are there are there are lines you don't cross yeah there are lines you don't cross
0: even when we're discussing stuff so 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 this guy to ask for an honorable discharge when he has violated the rules he swore not to violate here's what
1: i'll say i haven't seen the video so what i will say is this i would take a look at how embarrassing were the things that he said how inflammatory were the things that he said and then i would take in consideration his record so in other words what did this man do look if it's some e if it's some e2 that's out there or some e you're going to need to explain okay, to most gone. people what an e2 two is okay he's gone is he too know. low yeah yeah And e2 okay. is is low he's gone okay okay but if we're talking about this guy's lieutenant uh, lieutenant colonel let's take in consideration track record. You
0: know? Well, I mean, there's two tiers of justice in the military. There's no doubt about that. Yes. And I mean, I haven't watched that many NCISs, but I... I, I <laughs> well, I mean, even when I watch that, I know, I know there's a consultant on the set to make sure that the stuff yes. rings true. And there are different ways... Officers are handled as opposed to guys that just showed up. Except there's well, no
1: NCIS in uh, Los Angeles, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, any, anyway,
2: what were you going to say, Paco? Well, I just think that uh, this is analogous to uh, other events. For instance, in 2010, there was the Chelsea Manning fiasco. She was Army and she was stripped of her rank for leaking all that information and in those classified documents. Mm-hmm. Or I was even going further with the uh, the Pinkville massacre in v- during Vietnam. Yes. So yes. So you are familiar with that case? Yes. So. Stuart thompson he was a warrant officer he intervened and landed his helicopter and threatened to fire on the platoon while they were actually you know conducting their war crimes and they wanted to throw him under a bus and a few congressmen even tried to uh court-martial him but fortunately well unfortunately they decided to just give him a desk job and just let him do his thing are you familiar with this case yes P- I, am.
1: P- I am okay yeah, we, we, actually had the to, more... we actually had to we actually had to study the case Oh, so you're real yeah. familiar with yeah. this case? we actually okay. had to study it. All right, so let me ask
0: you something. In that in that situation, does this guy get honorably discharged or not? She was. Because well, she's
1: not military. In terms of not what happened, you're asking me what I think should have happened. I'm asking you. Did. I'm
0: asking if you are Caesar. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Honorably discharged. On this, yeah,
1: I, I don't think you threat. I don't think you make threats. See, I, I think when you do that, then you cross the line. And that's okay. why I need to see the video. That's what I said in the beginning, to I need to see, how, see inflammatory how inflammatory it is because okay. you can't, you can't make threats. There's many things that you can't do to commission officers.
0: Here's something you got to consider, and I I don't know if you've already considered this, but if he is fighting for his honorable discharge, life, mm-hmm. you got to figure it offended or crossed the line to the point where they feel like they can take this stand.
1: Yeah, or, or look, somebody got his feelings hurt. You know. Um, this administration is very sensitive to things and very sensitive to things that you say. I'm going to guess if this were George Bush in office, he would quietly talk to military leaders and this would quietly be handled. Discreetly. Yes, that's what I think. Not in the media. Yeah, I don't think, that's the thing that bothers me the most that all of this is in the media. Now, let me ask you something. If this happens on Trump's watch,
0: How do you think it's
2: handled? Well, actually, the the guy would have gotten his, uh, you know, he would have been, you know, just dis, he would have been honorably discharged.
1: Trump has already, um, I believe, discreetly handled, uh, discreetly involved in the Eddie Gallagher situation, a former Navy SEAL that was accused of war crimes. I can guarantee (laughs) you, I won't talk about it now because I don't want to go into a long diatribe about it. But what I will say is, I believe that that was discreetly. Handled. And I, as much
0: as I've bad Trump, I think this would have been handled better by Trump than it has been by Biden. And that's, uh, that's the way I feel about it. I'm becoming more and more disappointed in the way this administration is handling various things. Well, and nobody wanted Trump out of office more than I did.
1: Well, you and about um, 58% of all Americans and while we're talking about disappointed people, why don't we just uh, briefly jump to the evictions here in California? That the moratorium is up. How do yeah. you guys feel about that? Oh, hasn't has, has it ended
0: officially? Yes. Because I thought September I thought the governor, 30th. I thought the governor was going to step in and put an extension out there. No. <laughs> good luck. Okay. Because good here's good the luck. problem I see with this, and tell me if you agree or not. Okay. Okay. I think that. Um, we have probably 150,000 households in California yes. that are, and that's probably a, a, a completely low number. I think there's at least 150,000 households that if this moratorium is up, they will be on the street. Well, and I'll that would you... be 150,000 families
1: on the street. Well, I'll give you a stat. There's uh, 309 thousand households that have applied for assistance and that's going to come to nearly $3 billion. So my guesstimation it. was,
0: was half of what it's just, half. okay. So here's the other thing. And, and um, I, I think that most people don't realize this. If California were not a state in the United States, if California itself were a country, it would be the sixth largest economy in the world. Sure. It would be a very, it would be a big player as far as countries in the world. And if we, as the sixth largest economy in the world, can't figure out a way to keep people housed when they're, they're in a house. Well, the problem It's just is a matter of, you, of getting the landlords no, squared up it, in the meantime.
1: No, the problem is, is that you have all these um, snowflakes. You have these older snowflakes and you have these younger snowflakes and people aren't working and they're not taking things in consideration. And it's like enough with all of the assistance. So, in other words, this state has already paid nearly $650 million to 55,000 households so far, and they've been approved for another $950 million in assistance, and that's in the process of being paid right now. Where do you think all that money is coming from? Gas at some prices. point, <laughs> at some point the well goes dry. Of course it does. Well, that's what's happening. Of course here. it does. And the other thing it's is not this, endless. So another thing is this. Here's a simple thing. By the way, landlords, they have bills too. Of course, they're business, they're business people. But we don't care about landlords, right?
0: No, no, we we care about both sides of this fence.
1: Oh, well, our, then if we care about both sides of the fence, then we need to stop with this moratorium with uh
0: rent. Here's These the here's the other thing. Landlords are not collecting rent. We're 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 living in a time where people are getting so much assistance and and you and I know we you and I all, all three of us have worked straight through this pandemic. But um and and I could have sat home on my ass and gotten money from the government and not worked and there really wouldn't have been a big difference in the money I would have pulled to the bank by working or not working. But I think I look at it like if you can work Be glad you can work and work. So here's what
1: I say. And I think a lot of people weren't working and haven't been working and have been milking the system. Here's one thing that I say. If you're going to take all this money and give it to the people because you don't want them to be evicted, I say this. With all of this money, have these people register and register to make sure that the money goes to the landlord. And then what's ever left over, the households can have. Well, that's what I was saying. I How was saying, as long as the landlords oh, are
0: getting, well, you didn't say money. that. Yeah, I said as or long maybe... as the landlords are getting their bills taken care of, they don't care that whether or not somebody is in the house or not. It's to
1: their benefit that as long as they're drawing their rent, then right. But I'm saying take the assistance. My thing is take the assistance and direct it to... and give it right. directly. To, to the landlords and that would be a great solution because this can't go on. There are so here's the thing. There are in the, here's here's the estimate. 724,000 homes here in California that are behind in rent. 724, I'm sorry. Yes, thousand. Yeah, thousands. I was going to say it's not million. <laughs> yes, thousands. There's, I, there's I 35 right. million of us behind here. <laughs> in rent, and the and what they owe tops out at approximately 2.46 billion dollars. Okay, so two and a half billion dollars is owed. That is what is owed. So and, I was slow. So imagine this: all these landlords that are not getting rent. Okay. So the math,
0: the math is
1: easy. Does
0: the powers that be in Sacramento, which is the capital here in California, do the the powers that be sit there and think, okay, you know what? We're going to allow like 350,000 households to end up out on the street. Or do we try to figure out a solution to avoid that? Because we all know once people end up on the street, the road to get off the street is uphill right. So and what forever. you
1: do is you have these folks, and I think what you do is you attach things, you attach task and productivity tasks on what they're supposed to do. So in other words, they need to actively look for work, and they need to get a job, say, within 90 to 120 days. There are all sorts of jobs. Oh, there's there. tons of jobs. Well, so- actually,
2: uh, they've already sta- taken steps with uh, EDD. There's actually, in part of the application process, or when you have to renew, they have to. You have, they give you the option either you tell them or you list if you've attempted to look for work.
1: They've always done that with EDD. That, that's been that's been in place that's for thirty place. years. Yeah, so
0: for like thirty years, that's that you have to say you've looked for work, and if they ask you to prove it, you better be able to prove it.
1: Yeah, they all they they've always done that. So, I'll, I'll tell you but, something.
0: I'll tell you something interesting because part of during the COVID, I I I kept track of my work because there were times I was working part time, so I was receiving some unemployment for the other because I wasn't working full time mm-hmm. through because the work wasn't there. Uh-huh. Well, I started getting hassled when they started doing the audit in California, yeah. and they were claiming that I had underestimated how much I made and how much I wasn't working, almost like I was defrauding. And I argued that I had overestimated, well, you're going to crack up. So they did their audit and discovered – that I had actually overestimated to the tune of two thousand dollars. Okay. <laughs> so they sent me the check. <laughs> so they they were sitting there trying to trying to prosecute me for something, and I actually had overestimated and took less in unemployment, and then discovered that over the course of last year I had overestimated to the point of two thousand dollars. Well, they were, were going down. They were going after me for nothing. Well, that's I mean that, that's good because
1: there's so many people that is defrauding. Oh, sure, they're right. defrauding and, the, and, the and system left and right. Advantage, and there are and then people or the working people are left to pay more. Yeah, so that's the situation there, and that'll be something that we'll continue to uh, monitor because what the hell, we live here, and we live in Southern California, which is very, very expensive. So now I want to talk about something a little bit more serious that hasn't been getting the uh, press Now, Jack, you're really up on the Gabby Petito. I've been following this thing daily. Okay. Yeah. So, but my question is, what happened to Kylan Schulte, 24 years old, and her wife, Crystal Turner, 38 years old? Guys, you guys are looking at me like what? Yeah, you we're we're frozen that? in the headlights. I thought you were going to ask me the latest on the Petito thing, and no. I had a, I had a Brian Laundry update. Well, <laughs> there are some there are some eerie connections with the situation, and I'm going to bring me off. and everyone else up to speed. So, um, you have this couple that was reported missing after the two didn't show up work. They were this was August. They were last seen August 13th of 2021. Of 20. 2020. Of 2020. Twenty-one. Okay, right. in Moab, Utah. Oh, the women. Moab. The women, Moab has become a hot spot. <laughs> the women had texted her, uh, their friends in days before their disappearance because they were they were hiking as well. By the way, oh, so okay. they were hiking, Parallel. backpacking. Go they ahead. were they were camping. They had noted some creepy guy that had been hanging around their camp their campsite, and they were going to move. And so they did. not Neither one showed up to work. One worked at this um, moon co-op shop, and the other one worked at uh, a McDonald's. So they're newly married. The father of Schulte called a family friend and said, I'm really worried. They haven't shown up, and it's been days. The friend goes looking in the woods because the police were really slow on this. The friend is on the phone with the father, and he stumbles upon one of the women while while they're on the phone. While it's on the phone. Oh my God! And the father says, "Hang up the phone and call the police." The friend, um, whose whose name is Cindy Sue Hunter, did just that. The police came out, and they found the other body. just a few yards away. Both women were shot in the torso, the legs and the back. And they were partially nude. Oh my God, man. Yes. Wow. Uh, What's going so, on in Moab? <laughs> yeah. They were last seen at a bar. Uh, like I said, August, uh, August 13th. Now the whole speculation of the Gabby Bettino thing which i find fascinating the place where brian laundry and gabby patino were arguing is the place where kylan schulte works right in front of the place they were arguing was it a visitor center there because they were pulled over on the side of the road no 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 this is where they were first seen arguing they were seen arguing there in moab in the town, oh, where the where the guy called it in said he was hitting her yes. right there. Oh my goodness, right there where Shulte, right wow, there where Schulte works. What are the chances of that? Right,
0: that's that's amazing. It's and, just, and and within days of each it's other. It's just eerie. That's chilling. So, I mean, and
1: the name of the place is called the Moonflower Co-op, and that's where Shulte worked, and that's right where the called the Witnesses. Isn't that strange? That was August twelfth. That was August twelfth. That's where they were fighting.
2: So Corey. Do you think this is just, you know, odd coincidence? What's, what's, or... the, what's
0: the date that the Gabby Petito was, was seen being hit by Brian Laundrie?
1: Well, uh, that would be uh, August 12th. 12th. And what and what was the date? Where the women were uh, last seen. Mm-hmm. They were last seen in Moab the 13th of August. So you're talking about like 24, within 24 hours of each other. Yeah, time. it's just, it's Are you, you thinking, know, he,
2: I'm, so you're thinking serial killer?
1: Well, it's well, you're funny. not thinking Brian it's Laundry funny. did all this. It's funny. I don't know if it's laundry, but here's something else to throw at you. There is another man in Moab in the same spot, hiking in the same spot, is missing. His name is Jordan Boone. He took missing approximately August, between August uh, 6th and August 8th. He- what? He, what is going uh, he went on? Hiking. He went hiking with two dogs and they only found one of the dogs. Now, this guy, it's come out that he's considered bipolar, has some other issues. So, is he dead or is he wandering around?
0: Or he might be walking the dog all at once.
1: <laughs> like like from, from
0: Moab to Georgia and back in the
1: time. I don't know. And see, this, uh, with Salty and uh turner this has they've been missing for quite some time and like i said it's not on the news and it's the same window
2: as what happened with gabby petito and it's like they're selecting what story is going to make it to the news yes isn't that terrible no it's horrible i mean because if it bleeds it leads and also well you have well you got a terminal case of missing uh, missing white girl syndrome at play here but this
0: did but the you, Gabby Petito thing got got precedence because it was you know because of how pretty she is and she's a white girl. I just said it,
2: missing white yeah, that's,
0: that's
1: what Marco just said.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, you don't like when I do it to you, but you could do it to me. <laughs> hey, he really? did just, he did just I was keeping that. a straight face. Here is the other thing. The no, latest. But, I mean, I know Corey, you are not following uh, the
2: story. I was just hearing this the other night on another podcast about like the association with missing persons or you know in national parks.
0: No I mean, way. You're listening to another podcast. What the hell's the matter
2: with you? Sorry. <laughs> you were saying. No, but it, it's fascinating, and it's just, like, this mystery to it. But also there's, like, there's an undercurrent of, that we don't know about that goes on here. It's, like, I guess this is, like, the places that people tend to disappear the, the most. And it's, like, do you think that there's something, like, would it be, like, and we've talked about this on, the sh- on previous episodes about, like, that there must be at least, uh, you know, a good number of active serial killers in the country. So, Always. So, do you think that this might be indicative of that? A serial killer?
1: You know, that is a darn good question. Or an what amazing I, coincidence. I, what I think is, it just might be a convergence of, event, uh, of events. But you have that three just,
2: cases happening in yes. the same Possibly
1: four. But here's the thing to consider about uh, if it was a serial killer. Serial killers don't alter their methods drastically. So there's no report of Gabby Bettino, at least yet, of her having been sexually assaulted and, and killed by a firearm. These two, these two gals were shot. And then they were, uh, all they were, one was, if I have this right, one was only wearing a tank top and the other one was just wearing a bra. Here, here's, now, now, here's the thing to consider. Ahead it could have been staged to make it look like that it was a sexual assault to throw off the scent, so to speak. So we don't know. What I'm saying is this. That's what people automatically go jump to the conclusion. Oh, you know what? She's not wearing clothes, sexual assault. And they also jumped to the conclusion that it was a guy. So understand, this was a lesbian couple. So could this have been, you know, a female doing the killing? My point to answer your question is I don't I don't know I don't think it's a serial killer, just because it seems like and I'm gonna speculate here for Gabby Bettino and Jack you can fill in with Gabby Bettino in a moment. It seems like that Gabby Bettino was killed by probably strangulation or maybe by a beating. These the two women, Schulte and Turner, killed by gunshots. So by firearms. So so, I, I serial killers don't he, he, think about Corey's it. actually right. Well, they don't serial, alter they don't serial alter serial killers
0: have an MO. I've seen some serial killers that were so savvy they purposely changed up the way they were doing things so that it wouldn't appear to be a pattern. And then when they get caught, they finally confess and said, yeah, I use the knife sometimes. I use rope sometimes. I shot some of these people. Because I didn't want you guys to think it was the same person. I wanted you looking for different people. Those, are, those guys are, are a special kind of evil. Yeah.
1: You know? But typically, it doesn't happen. So that answer your no. Right.
2: I, I, so yeah, I and I don't, think the speculation. I don't know. Yeah, I
1: don't know. But it is worth so it. So you, you let me know when
2: you're ready for the dun-dun-dun. Latest. Right. Well, so, update. I hope there isn't another missing persons case in Moab.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's like, my have, have you ever been to Moab? No. I mean, look, I, I hike all the time. I hike yeah. all the time. I'm going a lot. I'm not going to say where I go hiking, but I just go hiking all the time. And this is what I'm going to say I'm going to say this and just plead with women. Please be careful. Just be careful. This yeah. just highlights. I think all women should take self-defense classes.
0: I'll, I'll tell you something that, um, that came up um, with the Brian Laundry thing. Yeah. Um, there, were, there were some people on the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina, uh-huh. and a guy in a white pickup truck came up, and he stopped and asked these people for directions, how to get from the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina, and said he had a fight with his girlfriend, and he needs to get to California but he doesn't want to take any interstates. Uh-huh. And he wanted to know if these guys knew a way to get to California without taking any interstates. Okay. And the guy said, I don't know. I only know how to go on the interstates to get to California efficiently. Okay. So he leaves and this guy is swirling around his head thinking he knows this guy from somewhere. And then he realized that's Brian Laundrie. He called the FBI who were not responsive They thought this is just another call. And the guy called back and said, I'm 100% sure this is him. I'm looking at the picture, and I was face-to-face with him not that long ago. And he's looking to get to California without using the interstate. And he was right here off the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina. And they finally, finally dispatched uh, agents to try to
1: find him. So here's what I'll say about that. There are all kinds of leads. I mean, I have watched John Walsh speak about it because he's on the situation, and he has all sorts of tips about where this guy is and sightings and things like that. You don't know what's real, what's and what's memorex, as they say. You just don't. Well,
0: this guy, know. this guy was absolutely 100% positive. Well, but he how, how do we know he's
1: with... 100% telling the truth? Because because he said, "I'm 100% sure that I saw Brian." Well, well he knew. He thought he knew him. And then he
0: realized the reason he thought he knew him is because he's been seeing him on TV. So he put it together. So
1: my question is, how do you know he's telling the truth? Well, that's up to the FBI. They can think. Well, that's what I'm saying. But but what I'm saying is, were you personally? I don't think. I I think think for the FBI to have dispatched
0: agents, they had to have believed believed there's some validity to this. You have to investigate every lead. Well, you have to, I,
1: you do, you have they, to investigate. That's not everybody.
0: true because they kind of ignored him on the first call. And the second call, he said, I'm a hundred percent sure.
2: Well, you also have to consider, you know, the FBI's position because they're getting like crank calls off the street from everybody. Right. right. So they're going right. to be, they're, they're going to verify whether or not whether this I, is true or not. I mean,
1: people do that. People say that and they say it with conviction because he says it with conviction it just doesn't make it. Well, the FBI is
0: trained in body language and being able to read
1: people how whether or not they're telling but the truth. Not not, the, not, ev- not over the yeah, and another. not over the telephone. No. Okay, so no. you said he called. He so they called not, twice. So they can't read the body language or on in the phone.
0: All right. Let's say. Let's say he's absolutely right, and he's telling the truth. Okay, Brian's laundry's got a little head start now because Poison. he is, but he's, but they've got him in the state of North Carolina. And he's trying to weasel
1: his way west. They've got him in Florida. They've got him possibly. There's sightings in Mexico. There's there's sightings everywhere. It's everywhere. And people, there are people like lookalikes that really are wearing that shirt, just like what they did years ago saying, I'm not Ted Bundy. They're wearing shirts saying, I'm not Brian Laundrie. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm really not trying to be funny. So, but I mean, that's
0: true. That's
1: I, don't, I don't trust, I just don't necessarily trust it because the guy calls twice because he said it with conviction. Some people just want to be in the mix. Some people are sick. They're just sick I think. I think by the time we do the show next week,
0: I think you're going to be pretty surprised as to, I'm, I believe, at least I believe this guy believed he was in the presence of Brian Laundrie. Sure.
1: And I think there are some people with conviction have said that they have seen Elvis at the mall. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, People will have uh, conviction saying that Jim Morrison is still alive or Paul McCartney has been
2: dead since 1965. Or Tupac's on an island. Yeah. And, <laughs> All right, I,
0: I, get, I get So you, you I think, you get it. I think we're going to have something substantial by this time next week. I, I, That's my prediction. By the time we do episode 38 of season three, we're going to have something because this kid, well, can't possibly run
1: Well we have something every we have something every week about um uh, this case, so I mean that's a pretty safe prediction the, the My safe stuff. prediction
0: is in the like the next ten days I'm predicting uh, I'm days. predicting okay. by October 20th. all right Brian Laundrie
1: will be in custody. All right that's I hope my, that's I hope my you're prediction. Right. You're yeah, right I would like to see this kid taken um, into custody. but you know what? um the last thing that I'm going to say on this is. I just want to know why the police have moved so slow when it comes to the parents. That's question number one. And question number two, to the parents of Gabby Bettino, she goes hiking or, or driving around the country. The boyfriend comes back and with the van, of the girl, right? And there's no girl, right? And the parents take eight nine days to declare her missing. Laundry had been back. I don't know first second. I don't recall. Um, and then they file, and then she's declared missing on the eleventh. It, the parents are are a to patino. Me, I'm I'm wondering about like like I'm saying I'm not saying sure. that it's their fault because it isn't, but I'm saying you come back without my daughter, right? Well, the, da- not, the dad. Your called. door is not going to. Okay, I'm not calling. No, the dad called Florida because he's in New York on Long Island. I'm. They. They have an invention called airplanes.
0: Right. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. At this point, he doesn't think his daughter's dead. He's wondering what's going on here. This girl's living under your roof for the last year. He shows up without her, and their response is, "Here's our attorney's phone number." It's like, what are you doing? I, my daughter.
1: I am on a flight. And I don't care about the attorney. I can't say what I would do on the air, obviously. Right. But the door or the house or the distance would not stop me. Right. And I'm just, and I'm there. I'm just going to leave. I I
0: like the fact that there's a parade. I shouldn't say a parade. There is a gathering a significant gathering that has not gone away from that parents house they are basically trapped inside because people are screaming at the house and not giving them a bit of peace i think these people are as culpable in whatever happened here with Gene bryan and gabby Petito. i think they're as culpable for doing everything they could to c- cover this up in in the vein of protecting their son
1: yeah i mean in mean, the vein- and and
0: now it appears that they sent the fbi and searchers on a wild goose chase through this preserve in Sarasota. Sure. And they had sure. divers going into crocodile infested so, waters. Uh, so then
1: I'll do you one, I'll do you one better. And I'll give you this to chew on. And then we're going to, we're going to move on. You had, you said it with such conviction and you said, Whoa, I, like you had some like big news, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, so then you think, <laughs> I, that, you think that the parents are diabolical, right? The, parent, the laundry parents are diabolical? I think, I, diabolical? Think,
0: I think they have made themselves conspirators in diabolical. whatever
1: is happening. That would be a yes, right? Okay. Okay, so then how do you know that the laundry parents didn't put up this caller and to divert the FBI? Just two on that. That's all. Interesting the way your mind works. Just two on it. You should be a writer. Yeah. <laughs> False
0: lead. No, no, it was a red herring. But they've already done that with the preserve.
1: But why not do it again? You know, For all you know he first could of all, be the close. FBI would have to be able to prove there's been some connection between these two. A powerful presence is John Walsh. I love and John, John Walsh. John Walsh is getting all sorts of leads. I love John Walsh. And so he could be getting close. So what I'm saying is this person calling, saying, I saw him here. And I saw that, and I know it's with conviction. That could be the parents putting putting that person up. So anyway, just um, think on that. Because, you know, I'm all about conspiracies and that kind of stuff. That's why I love The Truth is Alien. Uh
0: Yes, very much so.
1: And so I wanted to talk uh, quickly about something, because we're getting close to Halloween with The Truth is Alien. All right. I'll tell you what, why don't we take a two minute
0: break and we'll come back. We'll hit the truth is alien. And, um, you've got, you've got her interest. You've got her intrigue. It's season three, episode 37 of JV to the pros. We're going to let the sponsors have a quick word. And then we're going to come back with Corey's shining light spot of the truth is alien. We'll be back in two minutes. Is your small business company or corporation under a legal attack from a disgruntled former or current employee? It often happens where an employee decides to go for a money grab, hoping the business will just settle to make it go away. Well, this is wrong, and Paul Sorrentino of the firm Jackson Lewis knows this is wrong, and he consistently puts a stop to this method of extortion of businesses. Paul Sorrentino fights for you and protects you from sending out a message that you're an easy target. Paul Sorrentino is considered to be one of the five best attorneys in all of California many believe he might be the greatest labor attorney in the country he represents individual who may be getting taken advantage of by unscrupulous employers as well as representing small businesses that might be wrongfully under fire paul sorrentino of jackson lewis is the premier attorney when it comes to labor law he represents several corporations that depend on his expertise in class action suits in which the corporation is being targeted there have been times when opposing counsel has walked into court realized they have to face paul sorrentino and immediately moved to dismiss instead of letting the judge see that they're going to get shredded by paul sorrentino Having Paul Sorrentino as your attorney is like having a legal superhero on your side. For any of your legal labor issues, call Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900 and rest easy knowing Paul Sorrentino will take the best care of you. Call Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900 and ask for the legal superhero Paul Sorrentino. Tell him JV to the pros recommended you make that call. And we are back with season three, episode thirty-seven of JV to the Pros. I'm Jack Vecchio, but now my partner, Corey the Iron Man Ramsey, has his segment to do, and he is locked and loaded. Corey, take it away.
1: All right, so no aliens this time. Boo! I know. <laughs> it was boo. <laughs> I want to talk about, and let's see if I don't do Ow. a Corey on this. The Velasca. Velasca. <laughs> Axe Murder
2: House. You just did two quarries
1: and Valiska, Iowa. Guys, ever heard of that place? Probably not. Not the way you pronounced it. I'm going to tell you all about it. (laughs) It I'm
0: going to reach over there and just look at how it's spelled. I just want to see what you did with this. (laughs) Hang on a sec.
2: Maybe you should say phonetically next. You know what? I'll tell you what.
0: That's the way I would have said it. Valiska. That's the way I would have said it. I got this. Yeah, you got it. You're doing good.
1: (laughs) That is a well-known tourist attraction for ghost hunters and horror lovers alike. David Oman, you are, you are on
2: notice, man. <laughs> You're never going to get that guy out of Beverly Hills.
1: <laughs> no, we're not. So let me tell you about the house, the Velisca Axe House. The Velisca House was the site of a gruesome, unsolved 1912 murder in which six children and two adults had their skulls completely crushed by an axe of an unknown perpetrator. The house was purchased in 1994, restored to its 1912 condition, right? And then converted into a tourist destination. Now, you can stay there if you want. If we Maybe if we go and stay there, it's $428 a night to stay in that old haunted house. What state? Iowa. Oh, well, we can go there. That's not that far. Now, visitors always report strange paranormal experiences. Don't know if it's real or not, but this is what they're saying. They have, uh, some people have reported visions of a man with an ax roaming the halls or faint screams of children. Yeah, but they have this in their head going in of the of the backstory of exactly. this. And so, so you never know if it's your mind playing games. As someone who has um, done some things with the paranormal, and I am far from an expert, okay? Here's what I tell folks. If there are two senses... Working in tandem, and you're experiencing something. There's a good chance if it's true. Let that sit with you. So because your eyes can play tricks on you, right, and your ears can play. play. But if both of them are going in tandem,
0: that's a good. That's a good, good ruler. That's that's a good way to. go. That's a litmus test, right?
1: That has always been it. That has always been that situation for me. When I have seen
0: you got five senses. If if forty percent of your senses are on board with this this may be really happening exactly i'm re-
2: reminded of our experience up in uh, at david's place remember when that when that beetlejuice thing fell over sure i, I was on sight. Skype and that's yeah that see that was sight that scared me. i felt something
1: as you well you felt something and then also when i had one of the rocks and i felt something touch me see that's again all that's different and we all were there and we all heard the drop yep. Yep, and we saw, saw, it, saw it. Yeah, and just so that you know, I went. I I have watched other, and we're off track, and I promise we'll get back on track. I have watched other YouTube videos of David uh, David Omen. There was something similar that happened with another guest. Um, a thing dropped as what happened ground, with you guys, as what happened with us. Oh. Fascinating. So to get back to
2: Escape from Beverly the, Hills,
1: uh, the Viskella. Axe Murder House. Bring us all the way to November 2014. The haunting took a really dark turn again. A man by the name of Robert Stephen Lurson, 37, of Wisconsin. He was on a regular recreational paranormal visit with friends. And this is what happened to him. His companions found him stabbed in the chest. Apparently. It was ruled a self-inflicted wound. They called 911. Uh, Larson was brought into a nearby hospital, and was, uh, he was helicoptered out.
3: Yeah. And, and
1: what year was that? 2014. Okay, so not that long ago. Now, you would think, so why did the guy do that? What was, it, was it a, a publicity stunt? The Montgomery County Sheriff's Office said that Lurson suffered the self-inflicted injury at about 12.45 a.m., which is around the same time the axe murder was in the house. Same time of day. Same time. Different day, but same time of day. Same time. 12.45 a.m. Larson recovered from his injuries, but has never spoken publicly about what occurred that day.
0: Wow. Okay, so we got something going on at a quarter to
1: one. So this is speculation. Did he do it? Was he compelled to do it? What do you think?
0: (laughs) First thing that comes to mind when you said 12.45 a.m., I'm thinking, like, we have both told our next generation, told the kids when they go out, nothing good happens after 1
1: (laughs) a.m., Well, actually, it's midnight. Is that the rule? Yeah, it's midnight. <laughs> I've been giving, yeah, been giving bad advice. Yeah, you've been given bad advice. Yeah, nothing, nothing good happens so after what, midnight. So, what do you, th- what do you think, Paco? Come on, Paco.
2: I think this is something like what they call an intelligent haunting, or not because, or a residual haunting, because the place is imprinted with what had happened, and it, it actually, it's like this in it in what's the are looking for. It like. Uh, it, it wouldn't say possession, but it drives people to yes. mimic the same it's thing. Mag, it magnetizes
0: them to it. It's kind, right. of, and kind you of draws become, them to right. it. Right,
2: and now you become part of the story. It's like uh, in The Shining, the, the Overlook Hotel, because it's like... He's going to
1: ruin it. I haven't seen that yet. I just got it on my DVR. <laughs> but it's but it's like, like The Shining. A similar thing happens with The it's shine.
2: It's like a, rep- a repetition. The cycle mm-hmm. keeps repeating itself. Yeah, you're
1: relieving. I I am in lockstep with you on that. I, I'm... When, I, when I've read about this and then read about, the, read about the case, yeah, he's like he was acting it out. The only, thing, the only thing that I will say about that is he didn't try to put it into his head because the skulls were crushed. So that's the one thing that will throw a monkey wrench in, this, in this, uh, the whole narrative, that he put it in his chest. Right,
0: so the consistency wouldn't be there to the yeah. pattern. Oh.
1: So the thing is, did something compel him to do it? Was he even supposed to be there? Did he piss off a spirit? Mm. You know? See, the way you think, man, the yeah. way your mind just, goes. That's what the truth you know? is. The truth is, alien is all about looking at every single angle. Right. And these things that I bring up, and the truth is, alien, we don't know what's true or what isn't. You know what I think would be fun is if,
0: uh, if you and I. You and I, Corey, would stay in a haunted house or a house that's known to be a haunted hotel for a night, and we hid cameras all over the place, right? And it's just you and I. And you know how I find the humor and everything. I wonder how long into that stay before I'm like,
1: Oh no, Corey, you gotta save me! I get it. I'm not gonna really, make any more jokes. It would be real interesting, you know. I mean, I'm sorry.
3: This, I
1: mean, this murder house, you know, it, it's. It's not quite to the level of the Cecil Hotel, but it does make you wonder. You know,
2: yeah, we got. It kind of reminds Cecil you of the Lizzie Hotel. Borden case.
1: Yeah, except nothing strange has happened there. Like that has been re- that has been restored, and that's a like a bed and
2: breakfast now. You know what's another one? Amityville, the house in uh, yes. right there. Well, because uh, no, I mean I understand. Yeah, the whole place. I, I grew up right near that house, I mean, and I'll tell you what. But you know the the
0: movie, the room movie yeah, they really took a lot of liberties. <laughs> right, they the they way. did some leaps and jumps. Well, um, well, you know, well. I actually dated I dated um, Sharon. Um, her brother was sitting at the bar with the with the kid when he went to the bar right after killing the family. And he's sitting there having a beer with them. They had no idea until the police showed up really? that this guy had just wiped out his family. And that house, I mean, no offense, this is not a bad size studio, but it's about this size. It's a small house. <laughs> it's yeah. a tiny little thing. Really? Yeah. It's a tiny little. It's a, it's one of those houses that is, um, like, if they needed the space on the road, it'd be the first to go. <laughs> Yeah. It always looks bigger <laughs> in the movies. No, I know the movie. The movie really glamorized it. it. It's it's a shack. It's it's like almost like three times the size of yeah, those sheds you
2: see at Home because Depot. Because it's number
1: it's number two, right? Where he does where he does all right, the killing, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and...
2: don't even get started on three D. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: yeah, I, I I I'll tell you what I I have to wonder that if you and I stayed in a place like that, first of all, that is in our mind. So we have to wonder if our bodies, if our mind starts to convince us that something bad should happen. And if something bad doesn't happen, maybe it's us. Like we should have
3: something bad happen
1: to us. And then you almost get to the point where you want something to happen. I do think there's a little of that with people. That you want something to happen well i I think that um
2: well you want I, to see I
1: think that if you go to
0: a football game you're expecting to hear cheering. I think if you're you're going to an opera you're expecting to hear applause. I think if you go to a haunted house you're expecting to hear
1: I had a grandmother grandmother on my mother's side. She would hold seances in in the basement. We would often hear things not only did she have seances in the basement, but she also had a large picture of her dead husband in the third bedroom him in the coffin absolutely (laughs) terrible absolutely terrifying i remember this and then in in the second room she had life life life-size dolls now as a kid i thought that the dolls heads were always moving in the direction that i was going because her her downstairs bathroom never seemed to work so you actually had to go upstairs,
0: and so the dolls would watch you go up the stairs. Now,
1: no, they would actually because you had to walk past a particular room, right. to get to the bathroom. So what did I do as a kid? I you, would always look and see, and I'd swear that the dolls' heads were turning. In my- as you... <laughs> yeah. And then when I run past well, let, and then leap down the stairs. Let me ask you something. You
0: remember the Ouija boards where you put your fingers on that thing in the middle, that triangular thing, and, and then you, you magically Yeah, I, I never did a Ouija it, board. I, I, I did it about. when I was a kid, but I everybody knew that people were pushing that thing around. Yeah. But I, I have attended a table. Do you know what a table tipping seance I do is? Know, I do know what that okay, is. Okay, I did attend... One of those down in Chula, actually near your
2: house, Paco. Many wait, years wait ago. Wait a second. Way I, before I, way before you and I met. I think I've heard of this. It was in Benita, I think. No, I, it's um it was actually right
0: off of um um Telegraph Canyon and in that area. just yeah, like we're, east we're, of we're, just east of, of that strip like, mall that's right there. But if we actually anyway, just get to the anyway, so um I did attend a table tipping. And what it is, it's a normal coffee table about waist high and everybody just lightly puts their fingertips on it. And then you ask a question and the table will tip one of four directions because it's four legged. But the thing that flipped me out is the table would tip almost all the way to the ground. And all we have is our fingertips on the top of the table and the table get about an inch from the ground, but from the carpet and not touch the carpet and then stand back up. And we certainly weren't standing it back up because when a table gets to that angle, you literally need to brace the legs in order to get it back. And it would get back up upright. And we would begin asking questions and we would ask what in regard to one of the people sitting there and it would lean toward, it freaked me out. I've never been to a table tipping seance again since then.
1: Yeah. Did you check it to make sure that the table wasn't rigged or anything?
0: Well, there were there were other people in the room with all other right. tables, okay. and they were doing it as well. But it would but for the thing to get almost completely
3: right.
0: horizontal I, and then get
1: back up. So that would like, be a no. You didn't check the tables. <laughs> no, I didn't check it for tricks. All, right. all I'm saying all I'm saying is just with that kind of stuff, you have to be careful. But with regular seances, those are a little bit different because they don't involve moving moving boards and things and table tipping
2: right I that's mean, just movie yeah, stuff you know that's yeah I agree I mean actually uh Dan Aykroyd who's a paranormal you know enthusiast his gr- uh, grandfather used to have seances all the time that was his inspiration for Ghostbusters
1: you know Paco <laughs> I agree with you about seances and here's something else to consider with them as well and this is what my grandmother used to tell me and she would she would have seances once twice a week I mean she was Native American who really just believed in all that and really believed in the afterlife. And a couple things that she said. You know, you open that door, and they come in, they don't always leave. And that was the thing. And there have been times where I would sit in, we would be there, and I would be a little kid. We actually would hear, like, crowds of people upstairs. I mean, like, not one or two, but I mean, like, crowds of people. Well,
0: I mean, I wasn't doing it to try to get in contact with anything evil. I actually was doing it to confirm, to try to figure out if the contact I thought I'd been experiencing with my mom who had mm-hmm. passed, I wanted to find out if this was, if this
1: yeah. was real. I wanted some sort of confirmation because I was kind of freaked out. By I, I would say this. If you are interested in doing that, I would say go to a seance that don't involve table touching and things. like. Well, that. Well, here's the thing I, I, just, I did. I I'm did that. Ta- I did that,
0: that. table thing. Right. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. since then, Mm-hmm. I have had very real interaction with my mom. I and mean, may I told you, my mom yelled at me all night one yeah. time when she thought I was screwing things
1: up with producer Karen. I mean, that I believe in, but I just, I'm just, I'm here to tell you because I've experienced it. There are so many charlatans out there. Well i just wanted I wanted a form
0: of communication that I could work with that's not and what I I'm just sp- felt
1: like it was vague. I, I get what
0: you're saying yeah i I'm I not get con- what you're I'm
1: not contesting the reasons why right. I'm only saying my point is that there are all kinds of charlatans out there, and i i can I can speak on. I've never attended a seance myself. I've only experienced the after effects, okay, and I've experienced it in the basement where the seances were being held, where they were weekly. I am convinced, and my family, we all experienced it of seeing and hearing things. Yeah. And I've rationalized things as uh now as an adult. Right. And some of the things I've dismissed because I'm like, okay, you were a little kid. I don't buy it. Some of the things, many of the things were put into my head by my grand uh by my grandmother. But now looking at the things that I experience in sight and hearing, right. Then I was like, okay, those are the things that I believe in. Right. Okay. And and yeah, and like I said, when that door opens, they don't always they don't always leave.
0: You know, it turned out to be a positive thing for me, but I found out afterwards I may have been messing with fire and and I never did it again, but um I know now that if I feel like if my mom needs to get a hold of me, there's there's a way she can communicate with me she could reach out to me and and get my attention without freaking me out because the the early efforts were freaking me out
1: well you know i would like to get somebody on on the air who has actually done a seance i mean my grandmother's no longer on this earth otherwise i'd call her Get producer karen to find somebody
2: that that does i would
1: like i would like that
2: you want to get uh, David back on? We can, actually, no, no, no. We get somebody who does. Seances.
1: Yeah, who does seances? Right. We'll get we'll get producer Karen. We'll I'll talk to her about that. The, after that. Yeah, I mean, David's cool. David will go off the rails, and he'll he'll like. David also thinks that a lot of people are charlatans as well. Right. I mean, he he does. I mean, and so and so he just lives in the house, and
0: and I mean I can't wait that. to meet David face to face because I only met on the
1: phone. Because see, my question to people who who do seances is. How are you calling them? Are there specific words? You know, chance? Like, how are you
0: actually calling well, we, them spirits? We, we all enjoyed the mockery in the movie Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg because she was the Charlton and then it was really happening. Yeah, but,
1: I, but I'm saying, how does that really, my thing is, how does that really happen? So, in other words, because I tend to believe that if there are, in fact, ghosts, that they're just here and they're on another plane. So how is it that words are able to get them in this plane? As, as I
0: understand it, and I've heard this many times from a lot of people that I've dealt with in, in one of my professions that deal with um, the afterlife, etc. Apparently, they have great influence over electronics. They can control uh, television. I dated a woman once in the East County, and she let me know that her uncle, who had passed away, Love to leave the TV on all night. I don't like to leave the TV on at night. And ever since she moved into his house, she shuts the TV off. She said, "Let me tell you something. If um, we're alone later and things are getting heated, and you hear the TV on, don't freak out." He turns the TV on almost every night, and I was like, "What do you mean he turns?" So you're she goes, oh, I've can, unplugged it and he's turned
2: it on? So he can
1: phys- <laughs> So he can manifest himself to turn the into TV a on? Physical state? No, he was able to to
2: operate the electronics. Weird. Okay, this is my time to shine. <laughs> so. Bring it. All right. Yeah, bring it. Don't sing it. Going back to your dear old friend, Mr. Ackroyd, the inspiration, the actual thing that got him motivated to write Ghostbusters was a article that he read in Scientific American about speculation between quantum mechanics and parapsychology. I've read this, um, this article myself, and the first paragraph is, contrib- uh, is just dedicated Dedicated. To the idea that you could capture a photo, you could actually capture an apparition, or at least a mo- photograph it temporarily. You can get a physical manifestation if the conditions are right. If the ionization rate is constant for all ectoplasmic entities, we could really bust some heads. In a spiritual sense, of course.
1: And I buy that, and I'll tell you why. Because I think that a lot of people have experienced, I know I've experienced many times, where you see something out of the corner of your eye. Like you think you like something, something goes it. by, something yeah. goes by. I've had that. They, yeah. they sort of flash in and flash out. Right. Uh, you know, Robin and I, uh, Robin with a Y I buy that. and I, we've experienced that type of thing. Her and I together and see, and that's when I start to believe those types of things. When, if it's more than one. Right. And also, like I said, the experiences of more than, uh, more than one, uh, since. And Robin and I saw something and we actually heard
0: something. Well, I'll tell you what, that's interesting you say that because you, you, you know, you've been to my house where, you know, the one, the one master bedroom on the far side, literally to, you walk down the hall, you make a right. That's the end of the hall and, and producer Karen and I were watching TV and we watched somebody or something zip by Mm -hmm. into the end of the hall. And it was no doubt. It looked like a human figure. And there's no place to go, but that closet. And we watched, we both watched it go by from left to right. And there's nothing to the right except that closet. And we both stopped watching TV and we
1: both saw it. And we were like, what was that? (laughs) We'll see. And this is where I get, uh, this all ties in with the truth of uh, truth is alien and how we wrap it up. I believe that in that state, you can exist in other planets. And I think that's one of the reasons why space is the way that it is because our physical bodies can't handle space, but the spiritual bodies our spiritual bodies. Theoretically can absolutely exist up there. That's what I believe. And I believe that that's kind of where we go.
2: And we're up there. You talk about astral projection?
1: No, I'm not talking about astral projection. I'm talking about, um, existing on another plane. And I think, that's the plane one of the one of the planes that we exist when we leave this mortal coil what do you what say the two of you on that theory
0: well we would thought you were wrapping it up on that that was a good note but i, but, uh, I think i think that makes a lot of sense since we can't exist in space but space appears to be infinite mm-hmm. now if if space is infinite and spirit or or the manifestation of what used to be can exist there. That would make a whole hell of a I lot think of about
1: sense. all of the billions and billions of people that have passed on. And if that were the case, why aren't they coming down here more? There must be more interested in traveling up in space and experiencing what's there. Why aren't they here more?
2: I mean, you have a good point. I mean, consciousness can't just stop at, you know, when you're pushing daisies. It has to keep going on.
1: Yes. So I think since space is infinite, why can't our consciousness be constantly traveling? And maybe once in a while, we're pulled back here. Maybe we are. Maybe that's what seances are, are all about or what happened at the uh, Viscala house. Maybe whatever it was that guy was doing pulled a particular spirit back there. Maybe that's what it is. That's why I want to talk to somebody who does seances and really have this conversation with them. Because I don't know. There's just a lot of questions. I'll get producer Karen to find
0: us somebody who does seances, and we'll have them on the show.
1: That'll be, that'll be tremendous. So, I mean, there you have it. I mean, the Viscala Axe House, but we went on to some other things, and we have more questions than we do answers. And that's usually the case with The Truth is Alien. So with all of this, you got to decide for yourself. We're
0: gonna blow through some sports. We're gonna talk about what's going on in the NFL. I know you have a concern you didn't want to tell me about. You want to kind of hit me blindside. What well, is your concern? What is your concern in the NFL
3: going on?
1: Well, I I don't really have a concern in the NFL. I don't. I mean, I just think, um, you know, we don't know what these teams are right now, and so things are still shaking out. We just don't know. I, here's what I think. I think first of all, Pittsburgh
0: had. Previously invested heavily in Ben Roethlisberger, I think they've put a lot of chips on a guy who's done. I think Ben and that team, they may not have quit in their hearts, but I don't. I think those that team is going to be 05, 06, 07 before they win a game, that, that team doesn't have the parts anymore. I don't think the coach's head is on the block, but I think they have, they have given a very large contract to a guy that just doesn't have the parts anymore. And that's too bad. Cause Ben used to be the man.
1: Well, the thing in football that you, it's all about the guaranteed money. So it doesn't matter what, what it is that they paid him. It's just what he's guaranteed. What is guaranteed. Right. And you know, they didn't want to let him, they didn't want to let him go.
0: Well, I don't I mean, think he's Tom- an icon. I don't think Tomlin is getting fired. Do no. you see anybody else in danger?
1: Yeah, I would say right now it would be Urban Meyer, and given what's going given what's going on with him, I mean, one, his team is not very good. Uh, two, his personal life is becoming a mess again. Now, no
0: no, let me let me ask you something before I know we don't want to get too carried away, and you know, paco has got us on a short leash, but I didn't know anything about what was going on in his personal life. You want to just kind of frame it up real quick uh
1: yeah, so he's a married man he didn't uh, he didn't return with the team after thursday last Thursday's loss to the Bengals because he said he wanted to visit his grandchildren. Well, he's seen in a bar with uh like young ladies, oh, and then he cancelled. Practice and uh, when all of this came out, so he didn't really want to face his team, so he's issued yet another public apology. Uh, apology, apology.
0: yes, okay, another well, okay. So he's so he's 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 getting a little big for his shoes and he hasn't done
1: anything in the NFL. Well, this is on top of uh, a few months ago, you know, he hired that um coach and he had to end up firing the coach because there was like you know, claims of racism, right? 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 Things. Also, there's whispers about uh, Urban Meyer and how he treats blacks. So you gotta just.
0: I looked know, at her. I looked at Urban Meyer coming from the college ranks and mm-hmm. jumping into the NFL. He reminded me of Steve Spurrier when Steve Spurrier came in. He said, "I don't know why these guys are working eighteen hours a day. It's not that big a job. You can go home at a normal time, be home for dinner." And he was very quickly in and out of the Washington organization and not to return.
1: Well, look, there's a job waiting for Steve Spurrier. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there's one. There's one right here in California. <laughs> right here, right here in California. That I wouldn't be surprised that he gets. Are you talking about in the Bay Area? You're not talking about in San Diego, Los no, Angeles. No, no, no. I'm talking about college. I'm talking oh, about yeah, US, college, yes. USC. Yeah, USC. He can are there. I think they're waiting for him. Not and that's NFL. where he needs to go. He needs to just run back. To run college. back there.
0: Yeah. And to the college ranks. He'll, he'll be. And, he'll you know, you know, I mean, you look at someone like Herm Edwards. He's having fun in Arizona. Pressure's off. He's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, 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 he just may not be cut out. The NFL, the NFL is a pressure cooker. Let's face it. So um, I'm going to go lightning round with you. We're going to go real quick before Paco gets all upset because we're running long tonight. We got um, we, you and I, after four weeks, are dead tied at 38 wins each. So I'm going to go real fast with you. Rams at Seattle. Who do you got?
1: Rams. Both of
0: us, yes. Jets in London. Going to Atlanta, but it's in London.
1: I'm going with Atlanta.
0: Oh, I've taken my Jets on that one, on a, on the heels of a win. Detroit, Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, I'm taking Detroit. You and I are going to have some some different picks this week. New Orleans, Washington. New Orleans. Yeah, me too. Um, New England, Houston. Now, let me, let me. New England. This is in Houston. Now, let me point something out to you. New England. New England. New England has had two losses or three losses this year, right? Three losses. Tom Brady doesn't even play in New England
2: anymore. And he has more wins
0: in New England than the Patriots. Okay. (laughs) I just love that joke. All right. Okay. New England, Houston, you're taking New England. So am I. Miami, Tampa Bay.
1: Tampa Bay. Both
0: of us. Green Bay, Cincinnati. Green Green Bay. Green Bay. Denver, Pittsburgh.
1: I'm going with Pittsburgh. Oh, I just got done bad mouthing them. I'm going with
0: Denver. Philly, Carolina. Carolina. Both of us. Tennessee, Jacksonville. Tennessee. Both of us. Cleveland and the Chargers. I think I'm, that's gonna be a good game. I'm by going the way. with the Chargers. So am I. All right. uh, Chicago and the Raiders. I'm going with the Raiders. Both of us. Okay, San Francisco, Arizona. Arizona. Both of us. The Giants are going to Dallas. Dallas. Both of us on the same page. Buffalo at KC. KC. I got Buffalo going there right. and taking them apart. Indy and Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay, I got Baltimore as well. We got a lot of same picks, but we got about five different ones. All right. right let's see, let's see how we break the tie this week. Right. Tied at thirty-eight wins each.
1: Yes. All right.
0: That is episode three. Uh, season three, episode thirty-seven of JV to the pros. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey. The good, good man, the man who has my back, the Iron Man of broadcasting, the man I appreciate greatly,
1: Corey, the Iron Man Ramsey. Oh, was I supposed to talk?
2: No, I'm you sorry, can sign, 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 out sign out and out. say
0: goodbye. Oh, okay. That's the end of the episode, and we'll say goodbye to Paul. Oh,
1: I was just
2: distracted. I thought you were yeah. going to say that line from Gold uh, from Goldfinger. What's the line? <laughs> what's
1: the line from Goldfinger? Because there's many.
2: Because you said you expect me to talk, and then no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to buy. No.
1: <laughs> ah. You're talking to me.
2: All right, yeah. wrong
0: movie. We thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of JV to the Pros. Good night, everyone. <laughs>